Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Guys, I got a bunch of stuff going on. Let me fill you in real fast. It's going to be super fun. If you're going to be at Western Vet Conference this weekend in Las Vegas, I'll be there too. If you see me, I would love for you to come say hi. Let me know you listen to the podcast. It always means the world to me, but I'd love to meet you and hear what you got going on and just just say hello. I, I really love that stuff. Please, this is an open invitation. Come and say hi. I would love to see you there. If you're an Uncharted member, I will see you at the Uncharted party that we have at Western. It's going to be a super fun time. And if you're not an Uncharted member, you could become one and then come to the party and meet everybody. you got to jump on it right away. But, man, that would be super great to have you. As soon as you get registered, we'll let you know what's up. And you can jump in the community and say, where's the party? And we will hook you up. Come and meet the tribe. Come and meet the gang. Come and go ahead and start getting your career and your practice going where you you want them to go. So Western Vet Conference is going on. I have one lecture. It's on Wednesday morning, first thing in the morning. There will be hot breakfast, but you'll have to get out of bed and come and see me. If you're an East Coast person like I am going to the West Coast, you'll be up. Like you will have woken up hours before. But if you're a West Coast person, it will be a bit early. Anyway, I'd love to see you. It's called the Million Dollar Technician, how to be one, how to grow one. I did this talk at VMX. I really love this talk. This is a great talk. I'm going to be doing this talk more and more because I really like it a lot. It's for people who train technicians. It's people who are technicians. And so anyway, that's what's going on at Western. I'd love to see you there. If you haven't gotten our free 25 Tips for Staff Appreciation uh, PDF, you need to hook that up. All you got to do is text the word, it's one word, thanks team. So T-H-A-N-K-S-T-E-A-M. Text that to 44222 and we will get you that uh, that PDF will get sent over to you. So it's got 25 tips, tricks, uh, ways to show your staff appreciation. They're pretty creative. They come from the Uncharted community. These are things that people actually do. It's a great idea generator and creativity stoker for your gang. Finally, don't forget that the price for the April Uncharted conference it goes up in two weeks. The early bird pricing is ending on February 28th. The price is going to go up. I don't want that to happen to you. Look, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast and you and you like it and you like what Stephanie and I do here, you are going to love Uncharted. And the April conference is the granddaddy of them all. It's the original. It's the one that I dreamed about for years. And it is as magical as you think it is. You can look online. You can see our Facebook page. You can see the reviews. See how it's affected people. It really is a great experience. It's worth uh, biting the bullet getting registered, putting a block of time on your calendar, and coming down. It really is something special, and I would love to see you there. So don't miss your chance. Don't get caught on the price increase. And with that, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me and Stephanie. Look at this photograph, Goss. (laughs) <laughs> Every time I do, she makes me laugh. Oh my god! I, I absolutely cannot with you. That might have been my favorite, my favorite name selection that you have ever done. Stephanie, look at you have to do it in the voice, dude. Look at this photograph. <laughs> that, I don't, oh God, I don't know what it is about that line and that I'm sure other people out there like everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh my God, that's fantastic. And it's 
so, so perfect for what we have to talk about today. So perfect. You know, there is a reason I picked these. I'm not just saying <laughs> random stuff into the <laughs> microphone. I just want to be clear for all people who are like, I don't know why he does this. There's always a reason. <sighs> I think. I think. There may be some that I just say things I want to say, but mostly <laughs> there is a reason for all of these. Oh my God. Even if the reason is entirely in Andy's head there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's a stretch that I should probably explain, but I don't. Oh my God. Okay. Well, will you finish your breakfast? I'm going to share with everybody <laughs> what we've got. Eating my mini wheats. All right. Now go ahead. Because <laughs> this one came from the mailbag and it's a good one. Uh, we got we got a question asking us, how in the heck does Andy get so many photos with pets in the clinic? And <laughs> they were like, now look, I recognize that a big part of his job is to be Dr. Andy. And Dr. Andy takes all of the pictures. But um, they were saying, I never ask to take pictures during a visit because I feel super awkward and I feel too shy to ask. So how do you approach it? What do you say at what point in the visit? Because I need to start taking pictures with my patients and I don't know how to do it. And so they were wondering, could we talk about how do you approach it as a doctor trying to capture pictures with your patients sure. or as a team member? But also on the flip side of it, could we also talk about things to consider when taking pictures in your practice from a management perspective? Um, like how do you, you know, how do you get client permission and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this one. Awesome. Well, I, this is, this is super easy. I, I, I'm happy to talk about this. Uh, let's start at the management level. Let's talk about the practice as a whole, because it's super easy okay. for me to talk about the exam room and I will, but let's start okay. about, let's lay the groundwork first. Okay. Okay. Um, yep. <clears throat> one of the first things that people get tied up with is like, getting permission to use photos and things like that. Look, you have got a veterinary clinic, okay? This is the age of social media and digital marketing and all of these things. Do you have beautiful, wonderful pets coming in? People love dogs. They love cats. They love birds and ferrets. They love horses. Like they, people out in the world... They want to see what we do, guys. They, yeah. at some point, they wanted to do what we do. At some level, they think what we do would be great. You know, even if it was just for a week, they would love to come and spend their time around animals. Like, people desperately want to see our stuff and what we do. So just yep. know you're going to want photos. There, I mean, you're just going to. And there's a million reasons, everything from your website to your uh, Instagram to your emails that you send to yep. just a, a frame picture in your house of you and a patient that you want to have. I mean, yep. so get permission to use photos and just make it systematic. Don't worry about it in the exam rooms and things like that. Just get it up front. Make it part of your standard paperwork. Just have an image waiver that they sign that says, we can use pictures of your pet uh, on social media, on our website, things like that. No one has a problem with that. They all love it. They all hope you'll take pictures of their pets. They're proud of their pets. They would be mm -hmm. honored. You know, mm -hmm. just make the paperwork, right? Get it, get it as part of your new client or new pet uh, paperwork and keep track of who, of, of, of when you implement this, 
do they have a waiver signed or not? And just go ahead and start getting your regular patients on board. But just make the framework at the front desk, get everybody to do it, and just have it done so that you're not wondering, do I need to, Do we get permission from the owner for this? Do we get the permission from the owner from that? It's just a little headache along the way that I love just to get knocked out. You're smiling over there. Do you have a comment about this? Oh no, no. I'm just, I'm just wondering if you're going to do my home management part for me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to just take that away. Um, you're like, let's talk about the management side of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Let's talk about Stephanie's part, and then the first I'm no. going to do that, and I'm going to do the Andy part. And Stephanie I, can tell you the email I, address where you can email questions to us. I'll just sit here and, you know, laugh. Well, you, you take it and I'm going to eat more of my mini wheats. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I totally, I totally agree with you. And let's talk about, let's talk about that part of it. Cause you have to have, a you have to have a workflow plan and that is how, how are you going to actually accomplish it in your practice? And so things you mentioned, like having it on your forms, when do you ask the clients to sign? How do you notate it? That's all part of your workflow. The other thing that you have to think about is what is your policy plan? And so at the very beginning for me, it starts with what is, what is our philosophy and what is our policy for social media in our practice, but also for involving our clients and, um, and taking photography in the, in the, the clinic. So you have to think through what do you want and how do you want it? And you have to write a policy. Mm, so hold, hold my beer while I put my mini wigs down <laughs> before that, before that. Okay. You have to think about what are we doing? Yeah. And one of the reasons that people really struggle to get their team on board is that they don't know or they haven't articulated to their team why we're doing this or what we're doing. And so I hear from managers all the time who go, I can't get the I can't get the team to take photos for mm -hmm. social media and for other things. Yeah. And the truth is the team doesn't understand why you want these photos, yeah. what they're going to be used for, and where they should tell the pet owners to find them or not find them. And that's on you. Uh -huh. And it's often because the manager doesn't know, uh -huh. which is totally understandable. We all know, sure. like, I need pictures. I just, I I just want it, pictures. Why? Yeah. I want pictures like American Beauty where I can lay on a bed but instead of rose petals, there are pictures of pets that fall down on on me. That's what that's what we imagine. Or something. I'm sure that, that I have no question. That's what all of us imagine. No question at all. I've lost Stephanie. She's she's shaking and covering her face with her hands. She's doing the choking sign. She's doing the choking sign. Because I can't. Un and see that mental image that you just gave. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe just, okay. Just, we just start this episode. So, yes, just... I... <laughs> no, this is going to be one of our best episodes yet, man. Look at this photograph. <laughs> um, here we go. All right. Let's get this back on the rails. Let's get this back on the rails. A hundred percent. You cannot, you cannot have a workflow. You can't have your team do a job if they don't understand why they're trying to do it. And, and they can't communicate. Then it, that's where all the weirdness comes from. 
It is really weird to try to take a picture of someone's pet and not be able to tell them why you're doing it. Yeah. Like that, that, so 99% of the problems come right there. So you need to know why you want these pictures and communicate to your staff. Guys, we want pictures of this for these reasons, or there's three reasons that we take pictures of pets, A, B, and C, right? And tell them that so that they can tell the pet owner that. The biggest thing is I see people jump on the text and saying, why don't you take more pictures of pets? And the, and the truth of the texts are like, I don't, I understand you want pictures, but I don't really understand why. And I don't really understand what I'm supposed to tell the pet owner that they can expect that I'm going to do with this picture, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's the biggest management part there is get, get the, um, get the legal part out of the way where just, they, you know, they, they say that you are welcome to use pictures however they want. Just make it a thing, make it part of the standard sign up process for the practice. Cause then you don't have to explain that stuff. You just, you just get permission. Now, same thing with permission that I say with everything, okay? You can get permission and you can get it and it's legal and you can get them to sign away their first child. I don't care. That means nothing from a customer service standpoint. Mm -hmm. Andy Rourke's number one rule in vet medicine, do not surprise the pet owner. Mm -hmm. Do not surprise the pet owner. Do not take a picture of their pet back in the back, not say anything and put it on your social media. And then they find it. They'll probably be, they'll probably love it. They'll probably be thrilled. Right. But they'll still kind of be weirded out that you took a picture of their pet, didn't say anything to them and then put it out in the world. Okay. Yep. So Mm -hmm. even once all the things are signed and the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, you still always communicate what you're doing. Do not surprise pet owners with pictures of their pets. Just Mm -hmm. don't do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that, that's number one. Get permission that you need. Know that we don't surprise pet owners. Um, number two is, what the heck are you doing here? Are we doing stuff for social media? And guys, picking one doesn't mean you can't do others later. You might want pictures for the website. Tell your staff, hey, we're trying to get pictures for our website, and we just want to get a bunch of pictures that we might use. And then, the, and then the technician can say, hey, can I get a picture with Buster? Uh, we're looking for pictures for our website. I don't know which ones are going to get used, but we're just trying to collect pictures of wonderful pets that we might use on our website. Would that be okay? Mm-hmm. There's your justification. Just tell the staff we're getting them for the website. Otherwise, just say we're getting them for social media. We're going to get them for Instagram, right? And just, But you got to tell them what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's a whole lot easier for the tech to say, hey, can I get this for our Instagram page? The pet owner is going to say yes. The technician is going to feel comfortable because she's telling the why of why I want to take a photo with your pet, you know? Mm-hmm. And the last part is show the staff what you want. Give them examples. So if you yeah. say, get pictures of happy pets, what the heck does that mean? And so my big thing is if you really want to start getting pets, uh, pictures of pets and stuff, go onto Facebook, go onto Instagram, get screenshots of other vet practices. Check out, you can check out the Dr. Andy Rourke. It's at Dr. Andy Rourke on Instagram and we use a lot of pictures from other vet practices and stuff that are just great photos. And I would put our account up and say like, honestly, these are the types of photos that you probably want. Um, if you're a vet clinic mm-hmm. and so check out Dr. Uh, on Instagram, check out other vet clinics, but get some examples so you can show the team and be like, guys, this is the stuff that we're looking for. And I'll mm-hmm. unpack a little bit more like what I'm looking for in photos, uh, later on, but communicate to your team what you want and why you want it. 
and then you lay in the workflow, right? Mm -hmm. Who's getting permission? Where is that permission coming from? So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing that you would do with getting the team on board for the why so that they can see examples. I did the same thing as you um, were just talking about. So when you want your team to see what you want to do, um, you use examples of other clinics that you liked or stuff that other clinics were doing that you didn't want it to look this way. Or maybe they had a theme and you're like, I want to do something different from this. So here's what I want to do. I, I applied the exact same approach as a manager when I was looking for cr uh, crafting a policy for uh, social media and, and images in the practice. I Googled your friend, guys, use it. So I Googled um, social media policies. I looked for veterinary specific ones, but I also looked outside the veterinary industry. Um, I asked friends who are managers of other practices, practice owner friends. Um, there are lots of groups that we're all involved in, whether it's a formal association, your local uh, veterinary association, uh, practice managers group, whatever. I asked and said, hey, guys, does anybody have a social media policy that they um, that they love? I'd love to take a look at it. And I probably looked at 15 to 20 different ones. Um, and because we have all learned at this point that I'm a super nerd, I printed them all out. And then I got out um, two highlighters and I organized them in two different ways. The things that were important to me, things that I knew that I wanted to cover in our policy and then I highlighted the stuff that I hadn't thought about that I really liked out of other people's policy. And I used those examples to help me kind of lay out what do I want our policies and protocols for the clinic to be. Um, and when I was done with that process, I kind of took a step back and took some time to marinate on what I had written and decide, is this, does this feel like our practice or is this, is this me using what other people are doing and it doesn't really fit us. Um, Cause I think that's really important. A lot of times when we use a template and I know um, at times you and I have had this discussion because you're like, don't use a template, just figure out what works for your practice and go from there. For me, my brain struggles with that process and I need a framework. And so, but at the same time, when you're using a framework that is someone else's, it's very easy to be influenced by that. And so for me, it was like, I need to take a step back and look at, is this really what I want to say for our practice? Is this how we want to be? Or is this the template be influencing it? And once I got all of that together, I had a really good core framework for what the policy um, was going to be. And we have some awesome resources in um, our industry about social media um, policies and protocols. Our mutual friend, Dr. Caitlin DeWild, the social DVM, uh, does some great lectures if you've not seen her at a conference uh she has conference might what conference <laughs> might you have seen her at uh you might have seen her at uncharted because she might have seen her uncharted. for us because <laughs> yes. we adore her uh and she also i think has some lectures coming up because the conference season is about to start um but uh, she does she has some great uh lecture stuff on specifically social media policies, but there is industry specific stuff out there. You can definitely find it. Um, but some things for me to think about when you're looking at putting it together is how are you going to use um, the pictures both on your own um, social media as a practice and how does that happen and how does it work? But also do you have any rules or concerns about your team 
using photographs that they have taken of your patients on their own personal social media. That's often a big one um, that doesn't get included for practices or that they don't stop to think about. But if your team is taking pictures of your patients, do you want to have rules or protocols for how they use that imagery um, from their phone? How are you going to ID your clients or patients? Like you were saying, you have the conversation with a client and say, oh, you know, we would love to put this picture that we just took of, of you and Buffy on our Facebook page. Are you okay with that? One of the things to think about is how are you going to ID the clients and patients? Are you going to tag that client? Are you going to not tag them? Are you going to ID the patient? Are you going to use names? Are you not going to use names? Those are really important things to think about when you're putting together your policy. Um, so I, I know I, I, no, I, I completely agree with that. Let me let me make one point about the policy too. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I hear a lot from practice managers, owners who say, "Someone on my staff put this thing on Facebook, and I don't like it. Can I say something to them?" And the truth is, that's really dicey. Now we're getting into freedom of speech stuff of what they put on their personal social media, and these are all new waters that are navigating. The world may be changing, or they may it may change. Once they put something on social media, it is really weird and dicey for you as the employer to come in and say, you need to take that down or not do that because it is sort of a freedom of speech of an employer telling someone what they can say on their personal time. And it just, sure. I, it's, it's, it's icky and weird and it's just, it's strange. Just avoid the whole problem by laying down a social media policy that says, can they use pictures of patients? Um, can they use pictures of patients if they have the express permission of the practice owner? Just think it through and mm-hmm. figure out what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. I think people's knee-jerk reaction may be, none of it. I'm just going to say, you can't put anything on social media. Mm-hmm. There's a missed opportunity there, too, of your people who are happy and they have a good job and they show the, them taking care of pets, you know, or or they're showing these things in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I, I think shutting that all down and be like, you can't use any pictures that you take in our building. Uh, that's a double-edged sword. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's wrong and it may not be wrong for everybody. Um, but I think a little nuance here is important. So just think that through. But my point remains, the real control lever that you have is in your social media policy and how you lay it out, how people can use images uh, that mm-hmm. they get in your practice. You, the lever you don't have is, there's a thing on social media I don't like. And right. if it doesn't, if it, viol- it violates your policy, now you got something. But if right. you don't have a policy or it's not laid out in the policy and you're just going to go and try to tell them what to do on their personal social media page, now you're in, uh, you're in waters that I don't like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I think the other pieces along those same lines that you have to consider is who's going to control information from the clinic or within the clinic. Like who are you giving access to, uh, your, your clinic social media, um, page, but also, um, you know, do you have a a piece in there or a clause in there about your team members being representatives of your hospital? Because yes, they have free, free speech and yes, they can post things on their own social media, but you have to think about how, how does that, um, affect you as a business, especially in a small community. And it, you may be totally fine for your practice. It may, totally fit for you to say, yep, I want them to be able to post pictures because they're friends with clients and they'll tag other people and it'll, it'll go. And that, that can be totally awesome. But it is something you have to think about because that's not the right fit for 
every practice. The other thing I think that's really important to think about is, um, and, and can be a really sticky one, um, is the topic of your team using their phones on the floor. So if you're asking them to capture pictures, what are they going to, what are they going to use? Are you asking them to have their cell phones out in the exam room? Are you asking them to have their cell phones out in the treatment room? What does that look like culturally within your practice? What has worked? What hasn't worked? Those are some big, um, kind of sticking points for me when I sat down to kind of frame out a policy for us. Um, but I also, I added things in after looking at other policies, particularly policies actually from outside of our industry that were things that I hadn't even thought about. Um, and so that's where I think it is, it is helpful to look at some other examples and see what, see what other people are doing out there. Yeah, definitely. And just throw this out real quick. Uncharted is a fantastic place to find the types of resources that we're talking about. There may be a big selection there of policies and procedures. Other practices are using, especially progressive practices who do a lot of marketing. If you're, uh, if you're all about this podcast, just so you know, the April uncharted conference is all about marketing. I'll just throw that out right now. Social media, you know, um, one of the workshops that I am most fired up about is the one and only our very own Kelsey Beth Carpenter, is going to be talking about the creative process. And if you don't know Kelsey, she runs a social media for Dr. Andy Rourke. Uh, so she runs our social media. She's amazing. She's also a practicing technician uh, out in California. So she works full-time as a tech and uh, kicks butt doing that. And she also came up, she's the one who wrote the Your Dog Ate Weed song and a number of other veterinary uh, parody songs that you may have heard. They do very, very well online. She is a creative genius, and she's going to be talking about the creative process, so figuring out what to post and what you want to make and what you're going to use it for. And she, uh, she's amazing. She's running a, work, uh, a workshop on that in April. I have to tell a sidebar story about Kelsey and my team for a second because – Kelsey is a genius. And um, one of the things that she does on social media that I absolutely love is uh, her series for things heard at an animal hospital. And she takes really, really hilarious things that we hear as part of our jobs regularly that out of context is like for real <laughs> and just make you want to pee your pants laughing. And I have, I, when I first started at my new practice, I came in one day and the girls were talking in the treatment room about something really hilarious that had been said that was out of context, completely inappropriate. And they were like, hey, we should submit that to the things heard at the animal hospital, not knowing that I work, <laughs> I work with Kelsey. And I was like, I, I quickly snapped a picture of them and what they were doing and immediately sent it to Kelsey. And I'm like, oh, my God, my entire team loves your series. It, they are all sitting here talking about how awesome it is and hilarious. And we are literally peeing our pants laughing over some of the stuff that is posted on there because somebody didn't know who, what it was. And so then they pulled it up and we were looking at some of the, the stuff that had been said. And it is absolutely hilarious. And that is the magic of her genius because it's something yeah. so simple that happens in our practices every day that makes all of us laugh so much. I just, yeah. I adore her, but it is, um, she is a genius and I am super excited about uh, her workshop in April yeah. is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, she, we're, we're so blessed to have her on our team and then uh, to have her do the workshop, I think is going to be something really special. So anyway, all right, let's, let's jump back on, back on the rails again. Here we go. Okay. Um, so let me, sum, let me summarize real fast. Okay. Okay. 
So three things that we're talking about so far from a management standpoint with pictures and social media. Number one, permission. We want to have a system for getting permission from pet owners so that we are legally covered, uh, so that we have the the rights to, to use these pictures, so that we're not freestyling and making it up because that kills your ability to get to get photos. For any of this stuff, if you're asking people to freestyle or improvise, you're setting yourself up for failure. Probably. Systematize it. So part one, yeah. get permission. Part two, Educate your people on why you want photos and what you're going to do with the photos so that they can communicate that to the pet owner because that mm -hmm. is a requirement. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? What are we doing? Where can the pet owners expect to see? And honestly, sometimes you're like, I don't know if we're going to use this in the website. That's fine as long as you say that. We're looking for photos. I'm going to give these to the manager or I'm going to send, I'm going to, we're going to give these to the web developer and see what they use. People are totally fine with that. They just want to know, is this going to be in the world? Is it maybe going to be in the world? Is it not going to be in the world? Whatever. Okay. Totally. So number two is, why are you doing this and what are you doing? And then number three is, you need another process. The process for capturing and using the photos that you get. And that's another reason that a lot of people struggle. They say, guys, I want you to get photos for social media. And there's no more structure than that. And the technician is going, okay, what the heck does this mean? If I get a photo of this puppy, even if it's a great photo, what do I do with it? Do I, am, am, am I, and here's the, here's the other thing people worry about. Am I going to become in charge of social media because <laughs> I take photos? Right. Am, am, seriously. And it's a valid concern. If I start taking pictures of pets does that mean I'm in, I'm responsible for social media from now on? And in a right. lot of cases, the answer is yes. If you're the one who starts <laughs> taking photos, you're going to end up in charge of social media. And that is a terrifying thought. So what do they do with these photos? Do they take them? And, and, and to Stephanie's point, do they use their own phones? Does that mean they have their phones with them? Do they take the phones and do they uh, post them themselves? That's dicey. I don't like that. Do they send them to somebody else, which I do like, do they, you know, do they use a clinic phone? Do you have a, or a clinic camera? If you have right. a clinic camera, the fact that you have to download the photos off the camera and put them onto a computer and then put them on social media, that's a small step, but it's not. It's, that's a big enough step to wreck this whole process in my, in my opinion, my experience. So yeah. you want it to be super easy, but guys, clear process, get the photo, do this with the photo and then you're done, right? Tell them what to do and have a process that they follow. I don't care if it's their phone. I don't care if it's your phone. If we're not having a problem with phones in the clinic, uh, even if they, like, we have a phone drawer in our clinic and um, I'll say to people, you go to your drawer, grab your phone, come back, get the photo, text it to our manager who is doing, or our social media person who's doing our social media and then put your phone back in the drawer. Like that, that yeah. may be our process. That may be our workflow, but you need a workflow. How does this actually happen? Make it as simple as possible on the people whose main job is taking care of pets because social media is not their job. It's not their right. main job. It's not in the top 10 things that they need to be doing. It is right. a thing that you would like to have happen, which means you need to make it as easy on them as possible. And if you make it simple, it will become it can become something that they can do in the course of what they're already doing. Um, but you, like you said, you have to eliminate the obstacles. So you have to think about 
what are you going to use to take the pictures if you are using the camera? Um, this was something I didn't know for a really long time was that they have a Wi-Fi uh, memory cards now where you can take a picture on a camera and it will then wirelessly send to where you've designated you want it to go, which will make that whole getting the cord, remembering where the cord is, plugging it in. Like you said, those are it is really a small step, but for someone who is technologically challenged or who is trying to manage the you know, the treatment room while they're taking pictures like that is a giant becomes a giant hurdle. And sure. so they're just busy. It. They're just right, busy. Exactly. And, and they don't get, there's no perks to them for doing this thing. It's right. just another thing they're being asked to do. Right. So you simplify that part of the process. You simplify where you're going to store it um, at my practice. Um, and I got this idea from, from another practice manager, um, uh, we use Slack in the practice. And so we have a channel in Slack for social media and that's where the pictures get dumped. So it doesn't matter what device it gets taken on. They all get dumped into that channel. And then when we're ready to cultivate some social media stuff, all of the pictures are in there and they're tied, they're ID'd with who the patient was. Um, and it makes it really easy for someone to go in, grab images, know who the patient was and know what was, what was going on with that patient. Cause you can very easily attach notes to to that picture. Um, so we thought through like, what do we want that to look like? And then we decided what the workflow should be. Um, and the last piece I will say about workflow, and this goes back to your point about how, how do you do it logistically um, and, and forms and documentation and stuff. It's really easy to say, you got to have them sign. So for me, it was make it as simple as possible. And so the answer to the question, how do, how do we ask clients for permission? How do we do it? The answer is simply that we ask everyone. So I, I, for me, it couldn't get any more simple than asking every single one of our clients. And so we do that in two ways. One is that on our new client forms, it's part of the new client form. So it's part of what they're already going to fill out anyways. Um, and then for everybody who is existing clients, when we implemented this process, the way that we captured their information is everybody comes in for an, for an annual visit or for some kind of uh, sick pet visit. And so we have an information update form you're usually asking them, are you still at the same address? Has your phone number changed? Is there any changes to your contact information? We just made part of that process to say, oh, it doesn't look like we have um, a, a social media waiver on form. Would you be willing to sign this form? We made it part of that process for us. We made it even simpler because we actually have a form that our clients look at their information and visually tell us. We just made it part of that. And then they're signing off on that anyways. So we are literally asking all of our clients do we have permission to post pictures of your pets? And then the next side is when you get that permission, then what are you doing to help your team figure out, do you have permission or not? You have to make it super obvious. So we document it in our practice management software. There's a million ways to do it. For us, um, the easiest way was to make it part of the client information area. So we actually have a, a checkbox that says media release question mark, and it's either checked or unchecked. And it's one of the first things you see in the client information section. And so we can tell when we print out a chart, do we have permission from that client to post social media um, stuff on their pet or not? There's, you can use treatment codes. There's a bajillion ways to do it. You have to think about, again, what is, what is your team already doing? What is your workflow and how can you make it as simple as possible for them and apply it across the board? Because applying the rule to everyone is going to be the simplest thing that you can do. Yeah. I, I think we need this process in place. That said, I, I just, I think there's, there's levels of concern that I have about 
using images of pets, uh, of client pets, right? Social media, my concern level is extremely low. I, I mean, it, it, I just don't see this going wrong unless you know, unless your team is making some terrible mistakes along the way. You know, it, it and legally, you, you really probably don't have a lot to worry about. Pets are still property. You know, if I take a picture of my neighbor's car and post it online, there's not a whole lot he could do about it. I, I think we all know that that feels weird. And, and anyway, I, I'm not not advocating for that mentality, but just it's a fairly low level of concern for me. When my concern level starts to go up, just so you know, as far as images of pets, people tend to get a little squirrely if they think that pictures of their pets are being used to sell things or to mm-hmm. directly make money. If a pet sure. owner thinks that your clinic is directly making money using an image of their pet, that can generate some weird behaviors on their part. Either they feel like they've been cheated or they feel like you're doing something they didn't approve of. Uh, and so that's why I would just say I'd be real careful about things like uh, mailers where you're advertising specials or promotions, weird uh, stuff like that. I just mm-hmm. tell you guys, I'm not going to use client pets for that stuff. I'm either going to get um, a photographer in and, and shoot pictures of staff pets and have them sign an ironclad waiver saying this is what we're going to do and we can use mm-hmm. this for selling and blah, blah, blah. Or I'm just going to use stock photographs mm-hmm. or, you know, or, or things like that. So that mm-hmm. just for me, there's a boundary there just to know when I start talking about to- – if I start putting dollar signs in or around pictures of client pets – that makes me nervous. As long as I am not doing that, my stress level about this is is fairly low, just to be honest. Mm-hmm. So when you've thought through all of the all of the pieces, yep. the concerns like you were just talking about, the the actual logistical workflow of how are we getting permission to do the thing? And then what is your expectations and um, boundaries for your team in terms of what are we doing and how are we doing it? The real question becomes, how do you, Dr. Andy, in the exam room, or how does it, how does a technician or how does an assistant, how do they approach a client and say, I would like to take a picture of your patient doing this thing? Like, how do you make the magic happen? Okay. Cool. 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 So I'm, so I, so I'll, I'll give you my entire process. So, um, so I'm running uh, an algorithm in my head the whole time. Okay. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at this pet. I do not take pictures of sick pets. Okay. Even if they have diarrhea, you know, it's a happy puppy with diarrhea and you know, it's going to go away. That, that one, that one fails my test. And it fails my test just because I do not want to take a picture of that happy puppy who's got diarrhea. And then I put it online and you go, but he looks so happy and no one's going to know he has diarrhea. With my luck, what happens is that dog gets worse. Mm -hmm. And then the owners comment and they're like, wish you'd been able to stop this diarrhea he was having. And now right. I'm like, what am I, do I take the post down? Do right. I, do I, do I delete the owner's comment? That's bad. You know what I mean? And it's just for me, this is immediate rule out. If the pet's sick, the answer is no. Okay. Mm-hmm. No sick pets. Mm-hmm. These are a hundred percent well pet, happy pet visits. Okay. It can be something that's uh, it's therapy related, you know what I mean? So if I have pets that come in mm-hmm. for uh, laser therapy or, sure. um, or I'm, you know, let's say that we have a, an abdominal ultrasound uh, cancer check that's negative, that looks great. 
now I can have pictures of the of the the cat getting an abdominal ultrasound because the news is good. This is a well pet. I've got good news to share. You know that that's fine. I will get that sick puppy and I'll get him back for a recheck appointment. And then the diarrhea is totally cleared up and gone away. Now I'm getting my photo and now right. I'm posting and I'm talking about how we had a little tummy bug, a tummy upset, but now it's gone. Right. Right. So those are my straight off the bat patient criteria. No sick pets, you know, bang. I, I just, I just don't do it. There's a million caveats. This is more art than science. That's a simple rule to give to your staff. I just, I just, for me, it's not worth the risk. Bam. I, 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 I strike, uh, I strike sick clients or sick pets. So is this pet well? The answer is yes. Are they doing um, something that I think is interesting? Are they getting an ultrasound? Are they getting physical therapy? You know, are they getting something that's kind of cool? That means a lot to me. The other thing, are they just, uh, are they just a sweet, adorable pet? Can I get a good photo? Right. And so I'm thinking about that stuff. Don't fall into the all puppy and kitten trap. People love to see senior pets as well. Right. Right. So, so I'm going to be making sure I'm mixing those things. I'm going to making sure that the photos that I take are representative of what I do in my practice, which means I'm going to try to get a mix of dogs and cats. Uh, I try to, honestly, I try to get a lot of cat photos. Cat photos I really lean into because cats are, photos are hard to get. You're much mm-hmm. less likely to be able to get a good cat photo where the cat looks relaxed and is playing with the toy or whatever. So if you can get them, get them every time. Because mm-hmm. they are so much harder to get than dog photos. I don't want to send the, the message to people that I'm a dog vet and I don't see cats. I love cats. I want to see more cats, which means I really want to lean into cats so that I can get numbers that sort of represent what we do. So those those things are running in my mind. Okay. So let's say that I have a happy uh, puppy or a happy kitten, especially if I have a happy, let's say I have a happy kitten that's playing in the exam room. Everybody loves to see cats playing. If this cat doesn't care about getting its picture taken, it looks happy. Uh, you better believe I really want this photo. Okay. So, so I've decided that I want this photo. I know what I'm going to do with it is going straight to social media. It's going to be a social media photo. The way I do this gang is I weave it in and this is a real strength in my exam room presentation. And I don't care if you're a tech or a doctor, this can be a superpower. What's funny is people think that I'm giving something up to get a picture of a pet, but I'm not. I'm actually benefiting hugely from getting a picture of a pet. So I'm in the exam room and Stephanie Goss is there and she's not the practice manager anymore. She's the pet owner. And uh, she has a, a cat. What's your cat's imaginary name? Oscar. Oscar. So Stephanie's in the exam room with Oscar and Oscar is a one year old cat that still got some kitten behavior and he plays and he bounces around and he is, uh, he's super fun. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do my work and everything. And I'm doing my physical exam. And I'm going through everything. And at some point when Oscar's being super adorable or he's jumped up in the window and he's intently looking at the birds that are at the bird feeder outside our window, which if you don't have a bird feeder outside your window, you really should. And so yeah. he's up there and he's looking at the windowsill and he's looking out the window. Um, and he's just being awesome at this point. And, and this is, this is about, this is 85% theater when I do it, but I'm going to turn and I'm going to look at Stephanie with, with wide eyes and a big smile. Be, and I'm going to say, you know, Oscar is a fantastic cat. He is the coolest cat. He's so handsome. Would you, could I get a picture of him for our Instagram? Cause people are going to go nuts for Oscar. Is that okay? And that's what I'll say. I'll say something just like that. 
And guys, I have asked literally thousands of people if I can take pictures of their pets. Stephanie, do you know how many people have told me no? Uh, probably less than three. Zero. No <laughs> one has ever, not one time, not once has someone said no. Never has it happened. Not once. They all, they, at worst, they go, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And generally, they just melt into putty in my hands. They're mm-hmm. just like, oh, this vet is so great. I love how much he loves Oscar. Like, it is the nicest. Think about it, guys. What a great compliment. Here you are. You bring your best friend to the vet. And the, and the nurse that comes in goes, I'm sorry. This is the most handsome German shepherd puppy I have ever seen. These ears are out of control. Can I have a picture of him for our Instagram? Because he is so handsome. How would you feel? You would be, I mean, you would be thrilled. It's the greatest compliment that someone can give to you. Totally. I mean, it, yeah, I, it, it really is. And so guys, I, I, I would do this and, and not even post the pictures if I could get away with it. You know, I do it just because of how great it makes the pet owner feel. Totally. And so when I say that, Hey, can I, I am sorry. He is so handsome. Can I have a picture of him for our Instagram? People are going to go nuts for Oscar. Mm -hmm. Stephanie is going to say yes. And she is going to be thrilled. And I just told you people are going to go nuts. It's going to be on Instagram. I told you what I'm going to do with it. I told you why I want to take the photo. Why do I want to take the photo? Because Oscar is amazing. And he is going to brighten other people's day with his photo. And this is, guys, this is done. This is a slam dunk. This thing is over. And so that's how you do it. And you do it all day, every day. I mean, you just run the score up. It is great exam room maneuver. His fantastic uh, relationship building step. Mm-hmm. And the social media part, that's just crazy. That's not even why I'm doing it. It's totally about me building that bond with that client and showing them how much I care and showing them how awesome I think their pet is. The fact mm-hmm. that I end up getting a couple hundred likes on the photo, that's just gravy, Right. So that's how I get the photos. I'm trying to think if there's anything else um, from a photo standpoint. I, I think that's it. And so I always, and you heard me ask for permission right there. Even if you don't have a, a release, I would put in, and I've done this for a long time before we had a photo release built into our practice when I would work at uh, at the mm-hmm. clinic doing stuff and we didn't have a photo release for, for mm-hmm. patients. I would mm-hmm. just say, can I take this? Uh, can I use this for Instagram? And I just asked you what it was for and what I was doing. And then I would just stick in the medical record. I would just be like, yep. owner okay's photo for Instagram. Pal, now it's part of the medical record. You okayed this. Bang. Done. Never had a problem. I don't foresee a problem. As long as you follow the posting rules that I have. Okay. So first check, no sick pets. This is, you know, this is a healthy pet that's not going to blow up in my face. There's no risk of this pet not getting better. Uh, the chances of this client being upset with our services later on and coming back to post those onto the post or to, for them to feel angry like, I'm really mad at these guys and they're benefiting from my pet's photo. Right. I, I do like that's that's a, a landmine I can see. And I'm just going to make real sure that it's not even an issue by selecting pets that way. I think there is a really good way to build the same kind of client goodwill, will, but in a internal, intentional way when you're talking about taking pictures of sick pets, which is you guys, 
if you have a patient that is in your care, and I'm going to tell you guys a story and give you an example here in just a second, but owners want to see what's happening with their pet, particularly if they can't be there. So if you have a pet that's hospitalized or you have a pet that you have to take into the treatment room to do a procedure on and the owner's in an exam room and you don't have an open clinic and they are separated from their pet, that is a really good way to utilize pictures to build the communication with your clients. Because if you can take the other day, we had a pet that was super sick and we had to do a test, a chest tap. And so we were in the treatment room. The pet was separated from the owner. The owner was really worried and she was really upset. And she was, she had been crying in the exam room before we took him back to the treatment room. She trusted us. She was, she was like, I want you guys to do this thing, but she was still really worried you guys to be able to take a really adorable picture of her pet after he had had his sedation. He was nice and sleepy. One of my assistants had his head in her hands. He just looked so cute. I took a picture on my cell phone. I was able to walk back into the exam room and show her the picture of her pet and say, you know, I know you're really worried about him, but he really is comfortable and they're taking the very best care of him. And I just wanted you to have an update. The The ability to build that goodwill and use those pictures still for internal good with your clients, that's where for me, you go with taking pictures of sick pets. You don't want to capture the gross. You don't want to gross them out. You don't want the explosive diarrhea. You don't want them to see that, but you absolutely can leverage taking pictures of hospitalized pets and sick pets when you're using them internally like that. It is an opportunity that I don't want you to not think about how do you use it. A hundred percent. I, um, I was traveling, uh, the day before yesterday and Mm -hmm. my dog went to the kennel and I got a picture of him outside in the play yard playing, just saying, I'm having the best time. And guys, I know the psychology of this. I know this is a business strategy. I know they have a system set up to get these photos. Yeah. It still it still worked. It worked. Sti- I still 100%. felt the warm fuzzies. I did. And I am, this is my job, is to do essentially what they were doing. Like, I think about it all day long, and it still works on me. It, it yeah. just works. Um, oh, speaking of this. Uh, Uncharted in April, Melanie Kramer is running a workshop on repurposing content. And Melanie is, uh, she's actually the, the, the director of Uncharted these days. She, she pretty much runs uh, all of Uncharted. Her background is she's, and she's the editor at drandywork.com. So she's obviously a content uh, guru. She was a managing editor at vetstreet.com before she came over to Dr. Andy Rourke. She is a a photojournalist and she has done photojournalism for outlets, including the New York times. She is amazing. And so when we start talking about content creation, again, if you're interested in this stuff, those are the types of resources that are going to be at Uncharted in April for our marketing conference. We've got, um, we have less than 40 spots left for the whole conference. Uh, so grab one if you want. You can go to unchartedvet.com and sign up for the April conference. Now, that said, let's touch, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into this. Same thing, the same rules of like no sick pets. Guy, and this is just basic common sense. And this is why I advocate for showing examples to your staff. Guys, Pay attention to the background. Just take good pictures. That's it. The the advice is take good pictures. Do not, I can't believe I have to say this out loud, it's coming out of my mouth. Do not take a picture through the cage bars. Right. And I see this, and I've seen this online many times. For God's sakes, open, if you're going to take a picture in the cage, say, say you have a sick pet or a pet right. that's recovering from surgery, at least open the cage door for God's sakes. 
do, right. do not want to send them a picture that's like enjoying my time in prison. Thanks, mom. You know, like right. do not <laughs> do that. I'm not asking right. you to set up a backdrop and freak out about the lighting, but right. just basic photography 101 remedial photography is just pay attention to the background don't get a picture of them in front of you know bloody gauze pads you know just right doesn't have to be great yep put them on a towel you know and take them just just basic simple stuff pay attention to the background if you're going to take pictures to send a mom that's fine Prop their head up, you know, make them look comfortable, use common sense, take a good photo, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I love the, the internal direct communication that is just as important. You can absolutely use that to, to, to build goodwill. All right. Pictures of, uh, the picture outlines, pay attention to the background. You know what makes a great background that you really don't have to worry about? You, you make a great background. You know, you want to build that relationship. Don't send them a picture of their pet laying on your countertop. Right. Send them a picture of your pet wrapped in the loving arms of the technician. Right. right. And, a, and right. a beautiful smile on her face. Yeah. You know, yep. that's the picture that you send. That's yep. a better picture. The other thing with social media is. Are you really helping your practice that much if you just share pictures of random puppies and kittens? My answer is no, you're not. The way you uh, help your practice is you sent, you post pictures of your staff and especially your veterinarians loving on random puppies and kittens so that yeah. the pet owners who are Facebook fans of your practice or Instagram fans, because let's be honest, those are the people who are out there. Right. They see your doctors loving on kittens and playing right. with kittens and doing ultrasounds and doing whatever you want. But guys, the biggest mistake that I see in social media and vet clinics is not le leveraging your people because that what's that's what matters. Social media yep. is a relationship building tool and you cannot build relationships if people don't see your face. Well, and I think I think you have a super good point. I think it's super important for clients to be able to see the veterinarian with their pets. On the flip side of that, I have seen practices who make the mistake of the only pictures that they put out there are pictures of the veterinarian with the pet. And that leads me as a client to wonder who, who are the, I then assume the veterinarian is the one doing everything for my pet. And if you have a team that is involved, you have mm -hmm. to show your team. You have to get your clients to know your team and understand that your team is doing 90% of that caretaking in some cases, 100% of the caretaking for their patient. And if you want them to get excited, you guys build the relationship with the team so that when they have to do a drop-off in the lobby for their super sick pet, but, you know, Brittany goes up front and and checks in with them and does their paperwork and they know who she is and they have seen her and they have that familiarity, they feel the same level of trust for Brittany as they would for Dr. Andy having to come up into the lobby and do that intake and take the patient into the back themselves. It's a huge missed opportunity for a lot of practices who make the mistake of focusing solely on the relationship that the veterinarian has with the patients and not capturing the team as a whole. 
Yeah, people ask me what should be the split between the vets and the support staff on social media. And the answer is it entirely depends on your practice and like how many vets you have. So if you're at a practice that has 12 veterinarians, um, you're probably going to have, you're probably, if you have one veterinarian, then you're going to have a lot more support staff photos than if you have 12 veterinarians. You know what I mean? Uh, the really dirty, don't hold this very tightly in your hand guideline. I like a 50-50 to 60-40, uh, 60 being support staff mix. I, you know, and if it's a 50-50 and I have three doctors and uh, 15 support staff, a 50-50 mix, you go, wow, that's really heavy on doctors. It is. Because I do still want to build that doctor relationship uh, a little bit more just because they're the ones who are going to be making that recommendation of doing uh, dental cleanings, of going to surgery, you know, things like that. So I do weight doctors heavier because that makes sense for what I want to do medically. But your point is 100% valid. I definitely do not want to ignore the support staff because they are the ones who are going to be – if I want clients to – appreciate phone calls from the support staff and I want clients to talk to the support staff. They need to believe the support staff are involved and important and compassionate, just like the doctors. So don't miss that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Especially if you're like you were saying, if your model is um, that your team is making a lot of those recommendations in the exam room, that's when it's most critical that they feel that connection to the team. So if you're heavy on, on education by your paraprofessional staff, it is a must for me that your team be heavily involved in being shown in social media so that clients feel as comfortable and confident with the paraprofessional staff and their recommendations as they do with the veterinarians. Yep, totally. Okay, cool. So let's talk about what we put in the post. So now we've got now we've got the um now we've got the images, right? We've got permission to use everything. The actual mm-hmm. post is really what's going to make you or break you. If this is super generic on social media, then your practice looks super generic, right? I want to make warm fuzzies. I want to be interesting. I want people to enjoy what I do. So I actually have rules as well of what goes into the posts. And and I am really religious about these, okay? Uh, number one rule is, and I already said this before, don't surprise clients, Right communicate to them what we're going to do. Do not surprise them. I do not want them to find even the most wonderful photo of their pet online. Even if they're excited and they call you to tell you how thrilled they are, I I still don't like it. It can go wrong. People don't like being surprised. It can blow up in your face. It's not worth it. Communicate what you're going to do. Number one, don't, don't surprise clients. Number two, no teachable moments. No teachable moments. Okay. We do not post anything that might be embarrassing or perceived as negative to the client. Okay. Mm -hmm. We do Mm -hmm. not post a picture that says, look at this hair growing back. Bailey's owners forgot about flea prevention, but now he's taken care of and he's back. Right. No. (laughs) And it doesn't matter that it turned out. Okay. It doesn't matter that he's now on flea prevention. It doesn't matter that his hair is now growing back. That was a teachable moment. No. And I understand that in the world, the teachable moments will be good things. And they are opportunities for education. But it is not worth making Bailey's parents feel embarrassed. Right? Sure. 
It is, mm-hmm. you protect that, do not do it. And I have seen some incredible photos where I'm like, oh, this is such an awesome photo, right? I have seen, um, you know, uh, good God. I mean, stuff like, like uh, r- chest radiographs of a dog with heartworm disease. And you're like, look at this huge, you know, uh, distended, uh, you know, ventricle, you know, on the, on this heart. And uh, we should share this because it's the danger of heartworm disease and stuff. Don't do it. You're exactly right. It is an awesome photo and it, and, and it would influence people. You will burn that bridge and that person will, f- even if you, even if you don't identify the pet, if that uh, people, people are emotional beings and it, they can feel shamed very easily. And that just under in the grand scheme, it undermines things. You're taking a good client and you're burning them. Uh, you just do not do it. And I know that means you leave a lot of chips on the table. There's a lot of things we could do that would be great. They would get a lot of likes. They would be really interesting. I just, I have a hard and fast rule. You do not burn clients, no teachable moments. And I, that, I know that's, I know that probably sounds weird and people sometimes sort of hate it. My number one concern is keeping my clients happy and protecting them and making them glad that they agreed to do what I asked them to do. Whether it's, whether that's medicine, whether that's letting me put a picture of your pet on Instagram, right? That's it. So that's just a rule for me. You don't see teachable moments. You don't see mistakes. Now, if that x-ray came from a Dotson that was um, in Mississippi uh, in a shelter and was rescued and the owners decided to treat it, I am going to say what you're doing is amazing. This is wonderful. Yeah. Can I use this photo? Because it didn't happen on their watch. You know what I mean? It's not a teachable right. moment for those pet owners. This is something else. But guys, mm-hmm. you need to be doing those those calculations in your mind, making that call. Sure. No teachable moments, right? So, so that's it. Do we put, do we tag the pet owners in there? The answer for me is no. And it's purely a simplicity thing. It's an effort thing. I do not want, and I'm, I definitely do not want to do this. I don't even want my texts going through Instagram and trying to find people's accounts and tag them. Like it's just don't offer it. Don't say anything about it. Hey, can I take a picture of your pet uh, for our Instagram? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. If they say, "Will you tag me?" Then I then I'll say then I will. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But I do. I'm not offering that. Why? Because I don't want to do it. I want mm-hmm. this as quick as possible. Give me the photo. Put it up. Bang. I like to use the pet's name, the first name. I don't tend to use the last name, and I don't tend to use the uh, the clients' names. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. it's just, there's just something kind of weird about it. And I don't want to get into that. And I, I don't want to misspell the client's name. Make sure mm-hmm. that you get the gender of the pet right for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this can happen because the technician snaps the photo in the exam room. They text it to the social media manager who looks and sees the pink and yellow collar and goes, what a pretty little girl. And for whatever reason, that was just the collar that got stuck on that dog to come to the vet that day. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's why part of our, part of our workflow process is that when, whatever your catch all location is, whether you're texting it to your social media manager or you're emailing them to an email box or they get saved in a shared drive or Dropbox, or you're, you're using Slack, whatever it is, 
that there be identifying information. So my team uploads the picture and then they tell me the first name of the pet and the last name of the client. Um, so that I, and, and what day I know from the day that they posted, what day they were in, if they don't post it that day, like if they forget about it and they send it to the Slack channel the next day, they'll tell me this was from yesterday, you know, um, Oscar Goss was here for an appointment with Dr. Sarah. Then I can go and look at my schedule and make sure I have all that identifying information correct because that I a hundred percent, um, agree with you and believe that I have seen some practices make the mistake of, um, mislabeling a patient or, uh, misidentifying their sex. And it gets very upsetting for owners very quickly <laughs> when yep. you make mistakes like that. Totally. That's it. Those are, that's my rules. That's how I do it. That's what I say. That's why I say it. Um, I've been talking a lot about Instagram. I like Instagram a lot right now for practices because mm -hmm. you can post all day long, which means I can put up a couple of photos a day um, in one day that look great. You know what I mean? And I'm not penalized for posting again and again and again and again. In Facebook, you know, I post once a day. On DrAndyWork.com and on Uncharted, we post once a day. Um, you, in, in practice, you could post every other day. I, I think it'd be fun. But if someone wants to learn all of the secrets of your mind and minds like Melanie and Kelsey after listening to this episode we've told them that April is going to be their jam how do they find out more about Uncharted and where to get more of this information that that we are sharing and teaching on a regular basis yeah um let me just say this so the April Uncharted Conference is the original Uncharted Conference it is here in my hometown of Greenville South Carolina right downtown at the Weston Poinsett. When I originally imagined Uncharted, I wanted to have a marketing conference in veterinary medicine where people who care about the stuff we talked about today, where they get together. And uh, the people that I invited to the first conference, I reached out to them and said, I'm doing this. They were marketing people. And we still are just loaded to the gills with, uh, with people who are marketing people and growth people. And so if you've listened to this whole podcast, that, qualifies you to to come to <laughs> april and be a part of it this is um if this if you're geeking out on what we talked about today and you're like this is really fun this is a there's there i'm just there's, there's simply no better conference in vet medicine for you there's just there's just not so uncharted in april it's all about marketing and strategy growing the business in a million different ways we talk about everything from chat box to uh, photography, to podcasting, social media. Um, we, we have open houses and talk about, or we talk about running open houses, everything to make the door swing and to grow your practice. So check out Uncharted. That's the April conference. It's marketing and strategy. It's in Greenville, South Carolina. You can go to unchartedvet.com and go ahead and register. We're capping it at 140 people this year so that we can have small workshops and work groups. And uh, we have got well over 100 people already. And so we are really coming into the final days of this. We are going to be uh, raising the price in February. So the price uh, of, a, of registering is going to go up in February. Uh, it, the doors will be shut by March for sure. It is, it'll sell out. It always sells out. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's always, it sells out and there's a waiting list. And so we're still months away and we've got, you know, less than 40 spots left for sure. So anyway, that's what, that's, what's up. I hope to see some of you guys there. I hope you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I'm super excited. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that's what we got for you today. I hope this episode was fun and helpful. Um, and I will look forward to maybe seeing some of you in April.
All right, guys. Take care. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. Bye. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope it was useful. I hope it was helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you laughed and learned and had some fun. Listen, if you got something going on in your practice and you would like Stephanie and I to help you out with it, we would love to do that. Just shoot us an email. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. Give us enough background information so that we can wade in, understand what we're getting into, and give you some advice that's worth having. We would be happy to do that. Also, last thing that I'll ask, this just means the world to me. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you're getting things out of it, please leave us an honest review on iTunes. It's to help people find us. It really means a lot to me. You can share it with your friends. That's a big help as well. But we want people to know that Steph and I are doing this work and putting it out there because we do want to help. I'm asking for your help in helping us help other people by finding the people who need help. That's what I need help with. So, guys, thanks a lot for all your help. See you later on. Bye.